Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus raised his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Give glory to your Son so that your Son may glorify you. Just as you gave him authority over all people, so that your Son may give eternal life to all you gave him. Now this is eternal life, that they should know you, the only true God, and that the one whom you sent, Jesus Christ, I glorified you on earth by accomplishing the work that you gave me to do. Now glorify me, Father, with you, with the glory that I had with you before the world began. I revealed your name to those whom you gave me out of the world. They belong to you, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you gave me is from you, because the words you gave to me I have given to them, and they accepted them and truly understood that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for the ones you have given me, because they are yours, and everything of mine is yours, and everything of yours is mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I will no longer be in the world, but they are in the world, while I am coming to you. The Gospel of the Lord. One of life's early lessons that we learn is that if we lack communication and honesty with the people around us, that our relationships break down very quickly. We know that to be true. Um, It's not just true, though, with the relationships that we have with each other. Uh, Maybe even more importantly, it's true in our relationship with God. And it's one of the reasons that we hear constantly from Jesus, from the apostles, from the saints throughout the millennia, to pray. Because in essence, that's what prayer is. It's communication with God. There's different kinds of prayer, but really it filters down to that. And if we don't have that communication, and not just a communication, but an honest communication with God, that relationship is going to suffer and it's going to deteriorate. So with that knowledge, then, say, okay, Lord, let's you and I have an honest relationship with each other. And I think the honesty really flows out well, maybe uh, better than any time else than when we're suffering. At least that's one of the places I know where the honesty kind of comes out. And often I found that when I pray in those moments where I'm suffering... There's really two things that kind of float to the surface. One of the prayers is that I say, God, take this suffering from me. Make it stop hurting. I can't take it. Make it stop hurting, God. And then the prayer that usually follows very quickly after that is, why is this happening to me, God? Why do I have to suffer like this? Kind of as if I knew the reason why I was suffering, well then, 
um, it would somehow make the suffering less. I don't know that that's actually true, though, at least not in my experience. But those are the two prayers. And so when I make those prayers, I think, okay, I'm being honest, I'm communicating, and now it's God's turn, because communication isn't just a one-way street. It'll be preaching, right? Oh, communication means I speak, and then I get to listen and hear what you have to say. And so I stop and I listen. And what I'm listening for often is this. I'm waiting for my pain to stop, and I'm waiting for an answer, an answer to why I have to suffer. And when I don't hear those things, I think God's not speaking to me. And then it's a really easy step to go, okay, God, if you're not communicating with me, why should I communicate with you? That relationship begins to break down. But I began to realize that, is it that God's not speaking to me, or is it that I don't want to hear what God has to say to me? And that thought struck me because I would come across across scripture passages like this one in the gospel today that basically talk about why we're suffering or what's going to happen, what's the result of our suffering. And Jesus says in in a lot of different ways that your glory will be great. Those of you who are suffering now, it's the Beatitudes, right? Those of you who are suffering now, your, your joy will be in heaven. It'll be bigger and better than the suffering that you have now. And I read that and I say, okay, I guess that is in a way sort of an answer to that question, you know, well, why am I suffering, God? But here's the thing, though. For me, anyways, that answer is kind of like looking at a picture of a big feast, like a banquet, all this food. You look at it on the picture, on the photograph, or maybe it's a painting, and, and someone says, guess what? You're going to get to enjoy that feast. I'm like, okay, but that's not doing a lot of good for me right now. Like, I don't want to wait to enjoy the feast. I want it right now. Here's the thing, though. When I say that, what I'm saying is that I don't want to live in this reality. Because in this reality, we are all living in a fallen world. What God had intended for us was to be in a place without pain, without suffering. It was the Garden of Eden. It was paradise, right? God created paradise for Adam and Eve. That's what he wanted for us. And we lost it. And we've suffered for it ever since. But God did not abandon us. And in this reality in which we live now, the only reality, that which is real with the big capital R, God said, I love you so much, even though you lost paradise because of sin, I am going to lift you higher than ever before. All of you are going to be my sons and my daughters, and you will live with me in my kingdom. 
And I am sending my son to show you the way. And he sent his son. And he died for us, for our sins. And he brought us into his life through his baptism. And has invited us up into heaven to live within the love of the Trinity. That's this reality. That's where we are. And so for me to say, I don't want this reality, God. I want things now. I don't want to have to suffer. I don't want any of that. If I don't want that, that means I don't get this. God gave us his son to show us the way. That first question, too, though, I, I, I said he gives us an answer to that second one. Well, why do we suffer? Well, but even actually, before I get to my next point, there's something there also along this, just kind of on a natural level that we already understand. And that is that the moments that we've gone through suffering, one of the things that we've often learned from that is that when we get through it, what we receive is more than worth what we had to suffer. That's scriptural, too, by the way. Jesus talks about, or in Scripture talks about, a mother in labor. And I think you could talk to most any mother who's gone through the pain of childbirth. And after that moment, when that baby is placed on her chest, and she gets to hold it, and suckle it, and see it with her eyes, that say, the suffering was worth it. At least I learned that from my own mother. But it's not just something women experience, right? That, that men, we have the trials in the, in the suffering we've gone through. And, and those moments when we get through it, when we've persevered, especially when it's been hard, and we look at where we've gotten to because of that suffering, we say, you know what? It was worth it to get where I am from where I was. That is a journey, though. And so that first question says, well, Jesus, take my suffering away from me. Some might say, well, you know, sometimes he does that, right? A miracle? I've heard of miracles. They're real. They happen. People have been cured from all kinds of terrible diseases, from blindness, from being deaf. But God has never taken away the suffering that this world has brought us completely until we enter into the next. Because that's the reality that we live in. And even those people who receive miracles aren't free from suffering for the rest of their life. Something else is going to come along the way. Because that's what this dying world gives us. That's what the devil who prowls about this world seeks to throw on us. Suffering, pain, death. And until we leave this world and enter into the next, that's always going to be a part of our reality. But God shows us how to escape that suffering. It's in little baby steps often. You know, his whole life was leading up to this moment. It wasn't that God just came into the world. God could have. But it said... 
here is my son, sort of like a, a Zeus figure coming down from heaven and saying, okay, now I'm going to free you from sin by sacrificing myself. But that's not very human-like, is it? And God wanted us to know that he became one of us so that we could enter into him. And those are the steps that we follow. It's difficult, it's hard. But the grace is always there. And here's the thing. That even though we have to wait until we leave this life and enter into the next to be completely free of suffering and sadness, it doesn't mean that we can't alleviate some of it today. Because when we open our hearts up to love the people around us, the people in this church, the people in our community, in our world living today, we make the world a little less painful and a little more joyful. That's what love does. It sends out a ripple that not only counteracts evil and sin, but conquers it. But we need to make those steps. We need to take that journey. We need to trust to say, okay, God, maybe the suffering that I'm, I'm enduring right now is one in which is not going to lead me in this moment, but help me to see the thing that I must do right now. Help me to see how I'm supposed to love. Help me to have the strength to persevere. Help me to have the strength to say yes to your grace. Help me to have the strength to stay close to you. Because one day, this is all going to be behind us. One day, we're going to look at our trials in this life, and we're going to go, I am so thankful for the grace, the gift, the love that you gave me in these moments of difficulty, that made me the man that I am today, that made you the man, the woman that you are today, that makes you the man, the woman that you will be in heaven with a heart bigger than you could ever imagined and the ability to finally see yourself as God sees you. So perfect and so loved.